this to Turi, gets to Nisna, makes a nice move in across line, drops it back, connected, connected, past the shot, they score! Oscar Lindblom buries it! And the power play goal ties this game in two! This is episode 65 of the Liberty L. Danny Deemer here with Chris Stumpo once again. As always, how are you, buddy? Oh, dude. This is the most excited I've been in the offseason as a Flyers fan in like 10 years. I swear to God. A complete shift from the last time we talked. I mean, the last time we talked, we were still crying about the Ryan Ellis trade and freaking out about that. And honestly, I knew other moves were going to come, but not this fast, not this furious. I mean, Rasmus for the line in. Jake's gone. It's so many, Ghost is gone since we yeah. last talked. It's a ton of things it's, to talk about. It's exciting. Man. And I, I kind of want to kick it off to where we ended last episode. We ended last episode on the notion that Voracek was going to be going to Seattle and we were going to get Tarasenko flipped to us. And to, to see where we're at now, just about a week later, it just goes to show that this week was the chaos that we thought it was going to be. And added on top of all the chaos, it, to hear what Chuck's been saying in the interviews... I don't know if you saw his uh, little five-minute interview on NHL Network during the draft yesterday or two days ago, but he's just been so public and open about the change that this team needed and the accountability and how last year was just so unacceptable. And we kept hearing it from him, but now he's actually showing how unacceptable it was. And just the way he is coming out with this and the way he's being so public, but I don't really know how to explain it fully, but I just love the way he's going about this offseason so far. And I, I heard one thing. on uh, It was a little tweet that somebody made on Twitter. Uh, Elliot Friedman, his podcast or his radio show, whatever he does. Um, I'm sure I, I think you listened to it a couple times. He was saying that there was a couple players inside that organization that were upset with the, uh, the coaching staff. And Chuck turned around and was like, no, it's not the coaching staff. I'm changing the culture of this team, and now we see. Yes, what that, he's that, done that's the so theme far. for me. Yeah. That's the theme of these moves for me. If I had to sum it up in, in a two words, just culture shift. It seems like he's bringing in guys who are proven leaders on other franchises, and he just offloading our leaders. Basically, what, basically what Freeman said was he backed his coaches up. He completely backed his coaching staff up with all these moves. Basically, saying it's not the coach's fault. It's just the players and the culture that was here. And he, and he wasn't saying, oh, these players that are here are, are, are bad or anything like that. But he just admitted that it was definitely time for for change. And we definitely got it, man. I mean, we haven't even jumped into the ghost trade yet. Now it was the first thing that's happened after the Ellis deal. Yeah, I guess we should just jump right in, into the ghost trade. So Gossespierre goes to Arizona. We compensate them with a second round and a seventh round pick in 2022 NHL draft. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people had mixed emotions about this. I see a lot of people going like, "Oh, they lost the trade." Well, like, no shit. You know what I mean? Like that you this was a cap dump is a trade where you're you're willingly taking the L for what you're gonna do with the cap in the future. I mean, you know everybody I mean? knew this was coming. So I, the, the little freak out that we got before this other action started happening, which I'm glad it did, so we stopped hearing about all this, just didn't really make sense to me. Like we, we all knew when we traded Ghost, we probably weren't going to win that trade. And, yeah, it sucks giving up the 2022nd second-round pick, I guess. But Chuck did come out and say this in one of his media conferences after one of the trades i don't know if it was the ghost one or the ls one i kind of forget but he was like i have all these picks like we have to start using them and like making moves with them and that's exactly what he's doing he, like you're not going to keep all your picks we have like, you know what i mean like we've heard 
had a flyers over the years to have these picks, 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 but now he's just like using those picks to bring on actual talent. What we've been saying this entire time, these past couple of months, give it time, be patient with them. Um, something I've been saying since last off season, we have yet to see Chuck Fletcher put his fingerprint on this team. We saw him do it the first year he was here with Niskanen and, and Braun, but those were just two little players. I mean, they weren't anything crazy. Hayes, he's traded for Hayes. And then, that last season, he kind of ran it back with that the same squad. But now we really – this is Chuck Fletcher's team now. I, I texted you that a couple of hours ago, and I really mean that. He put his fingerprint on this team now. It, this is Chuck Fletcher's team officially. I'm ready for it. With the ghost trade, it, it's so big to not have to retain any salary. So it's yeah. honestly like as long as we're not giving, a, giving up like a first-round pick. He like, gave who, up who assets really to dump the 4.5. That's, that's essentially what he did. Like, how many times did I say to you in the last couple of years, like, we can't keep paying four and a half million dollars to someone who's barely in the lineup for us, for someone Bouncing the coach doesn't want to play? I know. Bouncing uh, yeah, up and, uh, it was a matter of time, man. It was. Everybody knew it was happening, especially with the the emergence of Cam York, Zamula, guys like that, who can play in the same position that Ghost was going to play, that 3D kind of sheltered role. And they can do it on ELC contracts. So it, it, I'll live with giving up the 22nd second rounder. Going to miss him. I mean, he's been here for a really long time along with Voracek. We'll talk about that later. But it's going to be a new field to this team. And uh, Ivan Provorov, Ryan Ellis, Rasmus Misaline, Justin Braun, Sav- Travis Sandheim, Cam York. That's a fun bunch right there. It's a, it's a good mix. Yep. Perfect segue into the next acquisition which definitely had mixed feelings within the fan base. It was like a complete divide, it feels like. Honestly, my first reaction to it was kind of weird. Oh, no, no. We actually were texting each other, and we were like, like, we "Ah." lost this trade. And I actually still, to this day, on paper, I'll say, yeah, we lost this trade. Like I I still think we we lost the trade. But now knowing that seven seven other teams were offering a first-round pick, for just knowing that the demand was that high for him, it makes me able to live with it a little bit more. And just because I, I actually do think he's going to bring elements to this team that we've been lacking, 100%. I think, in the right role. I mean, you have to think, when he was drafted eighth overall, he's being thrown right into Buffalo, expected to be the guy. He's playing top-pairing minutes. The expectations were so high for him in a tire fire of an organization that I think with some good – and Chuck, Chuck said this on his uh, press conference as well, that he believes within a good coaching staff. He had six coaches, and he's 26 years old. It's crazy. So – it's it's more of a gamble, and I, I get the point. Like you don't want to spend a first round pick on a gamble, but I think it's a gamble that, that if it pays off well, it's something we really need it. See, this is my thought, and I agree with what you're saying. But LeBron said in his article today that it was only two teams, but still, like, that's two other teams that were willing to give up a first round pick for him. And I said it on the timeline, and I said it on here to you multiple times. If there was one draft that you could do this with, you can give up that first round and, and drop back into the second round and then see what kind of talent falls to you, it would be this one. And two other teams were willing to give up a, a, a first-round pick for him. That was the going rate. I mean, as bad as you, I mean, you could point to his plus-minus point. I mean, he has four 40-point seasons with them in Buffalo. But, I mean, you can point to all that, but like you just pointed out, the situation that he was thrown into as like an 18, 19-year-old kid uh, playing first pair of minutes there with nobody else around him except Darlene the last couple of years, and even he's an 18, 19-year-old kid, so you can't really expect him to help out that much. But playing in a reduced role with Sanheim, just 
bringing what he brings, I, I think it's really going to help this team. I, it's it's won me over because we dropped back into the second round. We got this this stud. I don't I don't want to butcher his name. Danny, can you uh can you say it real quick? Uh, I believe it is Samu Teomala, but I could have butchered that as well. Um, n- William, I did not know too much about this guy leading up to the draft, but ever since we drafted him, I've just been watching. And I'm impressed with him. I'd like, I can't wait to go in a rookie camp and so on and so forth and see more of him. But people say he is a first-round talent that we yes. took in the second round. First-round shooting talent. He, he has an NHL wrist shot. I mean, probably one of the best shooters in the class. That's been the theme of Chuck's first pick in the yeah. last two drafts now. He's getting shooters. And that, everything that this fan base has clamored for, I feel like Chuck has done. So far, honestly, if you if you're looking at the, the Graham Skeeven thing, I didn't even give up any of these high like the highest thing he gave up so far was the first round pick. Like none of these prospects are are, are gone. All these kids are still here. We still have Frost, York, Forster, Wisdom. Like we have, we still have all of these dudes. And we added Ristolainen, Ryan Ellis, and Cam Atkinson to this team. That defense looks nice now, it doesn't does. it? It looks fun. Give me a Provorov, Ellis. Sandheim, Ristolainen, Cam York, Justin Braun. And if Cam York's not ready, Chuck said in a press conference yesterday that they're still looking at a backup goalie, obviously. Then they're still looking at like a four, a cheap 4C. He said that they're not going to be in on the Denault type, like the high-end, expensive 3C. So, Flyers fans, don't get your hopes up for, for Denault. A 4C, cheaper a little bit. Apparently, that's what Chuck's looking for. And then another depth defenseman if if Cam York isn't ready to, to fill that spot. But that, that defense definitely sounds solid. Plus, Sam Morin is potentially – no, he's not potential. He's definitely coming back within the next couple of days, according to Chuck. So, that's – he'll be the seventh defenseman. Throw him in there during Capitals games on a Saturday, and I'm cool with it. Uh, I was so glad to hear him reassure us that Sam Morin was coming back because I, we, we've said it on the last couple of podcasts. Just feel like it was kind of like the layup signing to yeah. do. Just cheap. It's just as low of a gamble as you can get with a seventh defenseman. And um, and the way he said it, too. He was like, Sam wants to be here. We want Sam here. The entire organization wants him to be here. So, yeah, within the next couple of days. I guess they're just, like, sorting out bonuses right now because I don't know how hard that contract can be to, to bang out. So that's my only guess is some, uh, some play-in bonuses that are holding that contract from being announced. So we'll see what that goes. But so what's the roadmap now? So it's like depth center, four C, maybe maybe another defenseman, definitely a backup goalie, and outside of that is it's just re-signing our RFAs. Yeah. So obviously Sandheim RFA, Hart RFA, Morin's the only UFA, and then besides that, that that's all you have. You guys still have to address the backup goalie situation for sure. And Chuck was asked a question. I don't know if it was trying to think who it was maybe it was charlie o'connor of the athletic i think they asked about like the 3c position asking about like if they're going to be in on denault or anything like that and chuck gave the answer to i'm not going to be in on the high price acquisitions but we're going to look in some in-house to fill that 3c role probably going to look at a 4c cheap 4c so yeah that 3c role is probably going to be lots lazinski frost we'll see how, how things take off but definitely yeah, you have to think frost is now getting his definite shot at a uh i mean 3C he, he, he would have had it last year if it wasn't for getting hurt his second game into it and especially with the departure of nolan patrick i feel like the writing is just on the wall it's time for frost to show us what he's got for and sure that's exciting i mean i said it to we've been talking about it for what seems like months now it's just 
give me one one, one season, eighty two games, eighty six games, including playoffs with him, and see see what he can do. I mean, he's only what twenty one, twenty two years old. Still have yet to see him in a full season. He's got all the skill in the world. If he plays this year, we'll see how things go. Uh, I'm excited for it, bro, for sure. And the final trade that we made during the, or during the weekend, I should say. Out of no, um, I mean not not out of nowhere, but oh, I mean it's kind of out of nowhere because for a while, like if Voracek was going to be moved, I really thought it was going to be to St. Louis, or I never saw this coming. This was never yeah. Um, neither did Cam. Through. Neither did Cam Atkinson. He said he had no idea this was coming. And you know to get a heart and soul guy like him, like he plays gritty, he can snipe the puck, and he's making three million dollars less than Voracek, basically. Mm-hmm. What is he, uh, four years left on his so deal, I think? Jake has three years left at 8.2, and then Cam has four years left at 5.8. So, I definitely think uh, Columbus is getting the better overall player, but I think Cam, the fit that he's going to bring to this team, the PK, he, I mean, he's a really good PK guy. We need him. I think him and Hayes as a PK unit can be really fun to watch. He's a shoot-first guy. Uh, that's something that we've been missing on this team for forever. I can't wait to see him with Drew. I just like the fit that he brings. Yeah, Voracek might be the better overall player, but just four years at 5.8, that's manageable. The fit that he'll bring, the shoot-first mentality. Honestly, looking at it, it's the perfect trade. It's the perfect trade. And the cap flexibility. Now Chuck has more wiggle room to go out that that 4C that he wants, maybe the backup goalie, the depth defenseman, still sign the RFAs, and then we're just looking at bolstering our team up even more. And to be honest, like it's it's tough not to get excited right now. It's tough not to have orange colored glasses when you're looking at the the team right now because it's exciting. It's like the honeymoon phase because we've we've made all these fun moves and I'm I'm really excited to see Ellis in '94 though. I know. That's I'm excited to hear what Ristolainen's number is going to be. Oh, me too. And Frost new number. Yeah. And Frost new number. Speaking about the Frost thing, real quick, if they go out and grab a four C like Bonino or someone like that, I don't know who it's going to be, but. If they do wind up doing that, like a Derek Ryan, I talked about it before on the timeline. Starting Frost out at wing might honestly be the better move than maybe putting him in at 3C, like right out of camp, because of the fact that he hasn't played hockey consecutively in a really long time. So maybe just let him play on wing, let him get his feel back. All he has to do on the wing is just kind of create, and that's what he does best. So I could definitely see them doing it in training camp, just starting him out there. And, and seeing where things go. Then if he looks good, which I'm sure he will, then maybe we can move to 3C with that depth behind him that you, that you brought in. Because you can't go wrong with depth. You can always have depth. Injuries are going to happen. So I, I definitely think they should go out and get a, a nice cheap 4C, whether that's Benino, got a guy like Derek Ryan, a couple guys a couple guys out there. Stefan, I uh, saw on the timeline. But definitely think depth would just help. Would you like to get into the mailbag? Yeah, why not? i got a couple, right? Yep, let's kick it off right away with Bleed Orange and Black. Yes. How long do you think it takes for the team to gel before we see them play at their potential? It's a good question, and I think Chuck has flipped over just the right amount on the roster to where I don't think it's going to take that long. I think Ellis is just going to fit in with Provorov really nicely. Uh, Ristolainen and Sanheim kind of worry me, to be honest with you. We hear about Ristolainen and how brutal he is in his own end, and... I, 
Sanheim hasn't been any better within the last six to 12 months at breaking the puck and pressure in his own end. So them as a pairing, honestly, I'm not going to lie to you, it kind of scares me. But like I said, I think Ristolainen in a reduced role next to Sanheim. Sanheim with a guy like Ristolainen, a defensive guy who can let him jump up into play, I, I think it's going to offset both both players' weaknesses, if that makes any sense. I, I, I think that might be good. And then obviously Cam York with, with a nice veteran like Braun. If York has a nice camp, which we talked about it last episode, he has shattered every obstacle in his way since he's been drafted. So I wouldn't put it behind him that he has a stellar camp. And we're seeing tweets from all these beat writers like, oh, Cam's flying all over the place. He looks like a six-year vet or something. I, mean, I, I really wouldn't be surprised with a guy like that. So the defense is going to be really different, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for it. I don't think it's going to take that long. In one interview I saw Chuck Fletcher gave, he said that the slow starts have been a, a theme ever since he's been here and before he was here. I love that so quote. A lot of, oh, I love too. that fucking quote. He was like, the slow starts have been going on for a while now, apparently even before I've been here. like He was like, I'm done with that shit. He was like, that's fucking over. Let's that's go, what we dude. needed to hear. Let's fucking that's go, need- bro. And that's what makes me think that this team's going to come out of the gate with a good training camp, good message in training camp from the coaching staff. I think I don't think it's going to take them that long. I actually think we're going to be either. one of those teams that come out of the gate running. And yeah, really he also do. said it in his press conference, his his media meeting, whatever you want to call it. He said, I just got off the phone with a couple of players, and they're all fired up. They cannot wait to get back into the, in, get inside the rink and get things going again. Like, I'm sure this has lit a fire under the guys who were here last year and are still here now. Like, okay, I need to show the fuck up or my ass is out of here. Chuck isn't playing around. You know what I mean? Like, let's go. Holding people accountable. It's not just words anymore. Like, he's making things happen, man. And I, he's not done yet. He's not done yet. He is not done He yet. might not be – he might be done with trading away some – important pieces to the team but he's not done adding I still think he adds a couple more obviously the backup goalie and we already talked about the death pieces that he wants to go out and get but I, we'll see if, if something rolls around that Chuck likes he, he hasn't been shy to pull the trigger so I, I wouldn't put it past him this is out of nowhere but one thing I really want to say about Cam Atkinson that I love and Ryan Ellis all, all these guys that we got great penalty killers dude. all of them even Risto great dude penalty killers even Risto take adding these guys especially Aristo and Ellis it's going to take guys like Justin Braun maybe Justin Braun but guys like Phil Myers that were playing PK minutes last year out of that spot obviously just having more veteran presences guys who have been there done that before give me a a PK unit a four-man PK unit of Prorob Ellis Hayes Atkinson and then let's roll dude let's go that's a hell of a PK unit right there. It just, it just seems like w- w- how they're grabbing these guys who are leaders, guys who play physical, it, it just seems like th- they're going for it, dude. And they've made it obvious now. Now, if they would have turned around and say uh, signed Adam Larson to be Sanheim's partner, and then they went out and traded the 13th overall pick and whatever they went out and uh, 13th overall pick, Haig, and then the 23rd, uh, 2023 second-round pick, to put Risto with Provorov, then that's a completely different story. Then we're having a completely different conversation right now. But Ellis is there. That's Provorov's partner. This is more a second-line kind of role. He's still only 26 years old. Keep that in mind. Still a really young kid. Six coaches, like you said, Danny. I'm excited for it. I bought in. It might just be the orange goggles that are talking, Dan, but I don't give a fuck, dude. It's something different. I'm ready for it. And I'm just thinking about the... The fact that we can go to the stadium game one and pack the state like last year that was that was such a letdown like only uh, three thousand fans or however many fans that could have been in the building, 
and um yeah it's just it's good to and to not play the same seven teams like, yeah, i'm excited for a fresh normal nhl season with what i think is a good team and i'm ready for a heart bounce bounce back year think he's got it in him remains to be seen though heart's but, gotta be sitting back cheesing right He's got to oh, be yeah. loving adding Ryan Ellis, Rasmus Listerline. And like, like the next time Oscar Limblom gets cross-checked in front of the net, dude, they're going to have a 6-4. Where's, where's uh, Ristolainen from? Finland? Yeah. Where's he I, from? I, I want to say he's from Finland. Is he from Finland? He's going to have a 6-4 monster coming at your fucking head, dude. You just touched Oscar Limblom. Or if somebody hits Morgan Frost or Joel Farabee or even G, like any of our players, they're going to have guys now, Ryan Ellis. Ristolainen, even Atkinson, even though he's like 5'10", 5'11", you're going to have guys in your face now. No more of that shit. Dude, can you just imagine Ristolainen laying a big hit in the playoffs in <laughs> Philly? Go. Dude, that building's exploding. Exploding. He's doing exploding. it. He's doing it October 15th against the Vancouver Canucks, Danny. I'm telling you right now. He's blowing up Bo, uh, he's blowing up Bo Horvat in the middle of the ice. I'm telling you right now. Oh, my God. He's doing it, Danny. It's all you have to do in this city to cement yourself I forever. Know. Lay a big, Ryan Hartman still has statues here to this day for that one hit he laid when he got here that, um, that, that wasn't pretty he did that was an awesome entrance into being a philadelphia flyer he knew exactly what he needed to do it's definitely how you do it uh our boy adam with the next question and i want to take this one first he said how much of a letdown was that expansion draft and here, yeah, here's buddy. where i want to rant a little bit because that could have been the perfect segue into espn's entrance to the nhl and it, it could have been a home run I'm not even talking about Frank Saravali. I'm not even talking about Frank Saravali leaking the picks. I think the whole production, the whole event, I think it was terrible. Awful. The 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 commentating was awkward. The one liners they were making seemed like it was just corny. I don't know. It 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 wasn't a good watch. I was asleep halfway through. And Seattle doesn't take anyone interesting to begin with. So I'm kind of glad Frank ruined the picks because it would have been such a letdown for me to wait to eight o'clock to tune into that. But not only that. And this goes with the NHL entry draft as well. There was no like ESPN graphics board or anything. I thought it, it was going to be their own thing. Maybe it looked like uh, NHL networks. It, it really did. I read a I read a, a tweet saying that there was something that ESPN was using NHL networks. It was in a contract or something like that. Danny, I, somebody recognized that exactly what you were talking about because I was saying it too. I, I don't know what it was, but there was an excuse for it. I got to go find it on Twitter and let you know, and I'll let everybody else know. I'll, and, I'll retweet it. And the biggest disappointment of all of it for me was, so the the picks get leaked, we, we realize, and then there's hype of side deals. They're like, oh, there's, so, there's a million side deals in the works right now. Tarasenko's getting shipped at 1 p.m. Like, everyone was so hyped up for that, that 1 p.m. deadline. It opens up. They trade Tyler Pitlick. Nothing and happens. And then that's it. And then we trade Gossis Bear. That was pretty cool. We were the, we were really active. Like, the, it's good to be a Flyers fan. We, for we, sure. We were, but, like, in the grand scheme of things. It, like you said, it, it like I'll talk about Seattle real quick. They have decided to go the the cap flexibility route, the route that in two years they want to like take advantage of teams that are in cap trouble, like Tampa is right now. Like that's the route that they wanted to go. But uh, like, the NHL really wishes they went the Vegas Golden Knights route, don't they? Like, they made ten trades on draft on expansion day trade. Right? Like they were making tr- trades left and right doing whatever, and, and then Seattle just takes the, the flexibility. And then I bet you Bettman wishes they could swap. Like Seattle Seattle goes where Vegas did, and then Vegas does. You know what I mean? Like, they probably wish that Seattle had the same kind of action that Vegas did if they could because of the way they had to introduce it to ESPN and stuff. It would have been a lot better to watch if 
Seattle made the same kind of moves that Vegas did that couple years ago. It's pretty clear Ron Francis, uh, the GM of the Seattle Kraken, has a plan to just utilize oh, his plan. cap space. He's using his because cap space is at a premium right now, and his plan is clearly to use that cap space to build his team with. He they have about thirty million in cap space, I think it is right now, and they know its teams need help, and they're gonna need help for the next however so often. So he's he's I guess he's putting himself in a place where he has all the leverage. Yeah, they got thirty seven in cap space. Wow. Thirty. Plus. Yeah. So I guess he's just putting himself in a position where he can go to to the negotiations every time and be like i have all the leverage because i have something no one else has i have the amount of cap space no one else has so yeah. you can't talk to anyone else besides me he's going to take advantage of teams in one two three years that are, are going to be in severe cap trouble and he's going to he's going to fleece teams danny he's going to fleece teams nhl might not like what they're doing because of just it's not exciting right now at least especially yeah. with the introduction to espn but Seattle's going to be doing some exciting stuff very soon. You, you, you don't just sit there with $30.7 million as you just got introduced to the league. Like They can throw some serious money at Dougie Hamilton if they want to. If Dougie Hamilton thinks that this... I mean, obviously, uh, if he looks at this roster, it's they're, they're not a cup. <laughs> he probably wants to go in a cup, but I mean, they could really throw some serious money. I heard that the Devils are going to throw some serious money at him. So we'll see where that goes. But yeah, $30.1 million, that's insane. At the Misery Report, are we having a tailgate and getting fucking wrecked for the home opener, boys? Uh, that's uh, A tailgate is a 100% happening. I will be in whatever parking lot. Obviously, I will tweet it at like 10 a.m. That, that morning, that Friday, October 15th morning. I definitely will be there. I'm excited for it. I tweeted it out on the timeline, so it's out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I let that, t- that tweet fly, and the response from it was crazy. Got people it, being it like, yeah, let's go everyone drive seems, down. seems like they wanna they wanna make it happen. So since the response was so overwhelmingly positive, I mean we were probably gonna do it anyway. We're but definitely now it's doing even it. more motivation to, to just honestly make it a big thing and it's gonna be fun. It's gonna kick off a four game homestand. Yeah. The schedule got released. We're finally not playing in a different country or on the West <laughs> Coast to start the season. We are starting at the Wells Fargo Center for four straight games. Wait, so we're you're saying that we're not playing at ten thirty to open nope. up the season? No, I'm gonna yeah, be yeah, in oh, yeah, my... The puck doesn't drop at 1.30 a.m. in Calgary. <laughs> Let's go, dude. Food, drinks, music, good times, everything. It's going to be fun. Everyone try to make it out. Yeah, it's like a celebration of us getting through that rough patch of like not being able to do anything because of COVID. I, that's what I want that to be. It's going to be a good that, time. The, the TOY tailgate. Yeah, just Carrie, glorious moment. Carrie saying that he might even slide. You see that? Yeah. I do uh, Matthew Will, who said I might have to make the trek up from Kansas. Yeah, that's my man. I was like, dude, if you do that, we're absolutely. Doing if you it. hold on, Matthew, if you're listening, if you do that, dude, drinks are on me. Drinks are on me, dude. If you're 21, obviously. Our boy Tim Altamari says, with revamped defense now, how do you think Hart will respond to this season? I hope to see his old form and that he had back in the 2019 season. Also. Who do you think would be a good 1B to him? Let's go, boys. I'm pumped. Well, hopefully he won't be facing 40-something shots for the first two weeks of the season when the season finally does roll around. So I'm sure he's looking at this Ellis versus the Lions signings, and he's he's chomping at the bit to get back. I'm excited for him. I have full confidence in him that he can bounce back. Last season was a train wreck for everybody, including Hart, including Elliott. I mean, 
everybody, every goalie that played last year, it was a, it was a train wreck. There was no defense. There was no structure in front of him. It, it was bad. I'm confident Carter Hart can jump right back into it, get right back on the horse, and get things going again. Our boy Jake at Jacuizzi says, can you give your thoughts on G clapping back to Sam Carcitti on Twitter with the captaincy comments? Do you want me to take this one to start? Yeah, yeah, I would love to take this yeah, one to start. Yeah, I know you want to. That question, is, that question was so ridiculous. Like, it's so clear that there's like there's like three talking heads in the Flyers uh, media group that just love throwing those bait questions, trying to just get some kind of like WIP uh, talking quote. If you know what I mean by saying that, like they're just trying to bait a response out of that. Like it, everyone knows Claude Giroux was going to be the captain next year. Was there? There was seriously no debate about that. There was never one leak. Like, oh, it's going to be Couturier. There, he just came out two weeks ago and said Giroux is a Flyers for as long as he wants. He is this organization. Why would you ask that question? I don't even know, Danny. Honestly, I don't. I don't even want to give that too much. Too too much. And I've been saying this too for the stupid. last couple. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I've been no, saying no. this for the last couple of press conferences. Like some of those questions lately have been so rough. Obviously, the ones that the the, the ones that we like, like the, the questions have been good from like Charlie yeah. O'Connor oh, and like yeah, Jordan yeah. Hall and people like that. Even but um, I've I've heard some bad questions over the last couple of press conferences. Yeah, no. Ryan Ellis getting asked about his shoulder three different times. What is a shoulder? Shout out Mikey for that one. That one was that funny. was so funny. What is? Yeah, I just some of the questions, like you said, but I, I feel like you're getting that with all media. But yeah, definitely not gonna miss. Uh, I'm sure Jake's not gonna miss Philly media. Yeah, no. What was he tweeted uh, a song link? Yeah, like, check that was like his only response was like I I hope you leave me in your heart something, something like, like I forget that, yeah. something along those lines our our boy Matt Howard says two questions with the current roster what would be your op- optimal line combinations and who is your projected breakout star I'm gonna let you take this one because you've been throwing line combos at me for the last oh, couple of days so you yeah. seem like you have one cooked up so in your head right now right now with the roster that I have in front of me I would probably go Jeru Kasuriya Akison as my first. Fairby, Hayes, and Konechny is my second. I would put JVR, Lawton, and then NAK as my third because now I'm doing this with the roster we have right now. And I think even though 3C is probably not the optimal spot for Lawton, I, I think starting Frost on the wing would be the best. So I'm going to go JVR, for, uh, JVR Lawton, uh, Allison, and then start Frost on the wing. So, I mean... The second line of Farabee, Hayes, and Konechny is just, oh, that sounds really fun to watch. And then Limbaum, Lazinski, if they add a 4C, and then obviously you have NAK still. So there are a lot of ways that you can go with the lineup for sure. Breakout star. Here's a fun one for you, and I think you already know who I'm going to say. I think it's going to be Cam York. I think Ooh, Cam York is more NHL That's not who ready. I thought he was going to say. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think he's more NHL ready than than anyone think he is. Well, obviously, people uh, people who know, know. Like, people who follow the team as much as I do, follow Cam York as much as I do, they obviously have high praise for him. But I don't think a lot of people realize that I think he's definitely going to be on the team this year. I don't think there's going to be any question about it. But we'll see. We'll see. Hold on. So, you think he's going to have that training camp that I said that he could possibly have? Yep, and I think when he comes into this season, he's just going to be that that little depth breakout young ELC piece that a winning team needs on the back end. 
I could see it. How much do you think those three games helped him last year? Because I read, I, I know I talked about it in the last episode, but how it really showed him what he needs to go home and work on. And I, I, I don't know if this is just me harping on it because, I mean, the off season is just so long and you sit here thinking about it for so long. But I think him getting those three games is really just the best thing for his development. Like, th- that second year for him was perfect. What he smashed every obstacle, like we said, and then getting those three games towards the end, even though the Flyers were not good. Obviously, you wish he was jumping in and the Flyers were in a playoff position, obviously. But I just even getting those three games, seeing where he's at physically, seeing what he needs to work on, seeing what he needs to go home and just battle with, you know, it just it's really exciting. I would love Cam York to just make it straight out of camp and show why he went top 20 in that, that draft. If I had to make an analogy for it, I think those last three games are almost like someone getting in with a sparring session with a professional boxer before their first professional match. Like, he gets in, he he took a couple punches, and he goes, all right, these guys hit hard, I know what I need to work on, and he has a full offseason to just kind of sleep on that. And he played a lot of AHL games, too, and it ain't no slouch of a league down there either in terms of physicality and getting you ready for the end. And he played at college. And in the World Juniors, like I, yeah, played I a lot of York, hockey last year, Danny, for a, like a lot of different teams. Think, <laughs> think about it, seriously. Think about his last two years. I mean, like he gets drafted, then he gets thrown at development camp. Looks great at development camp. Thrown Dude, back to college, there World Juniors, you. and then college, World Juniors, Phantoms, NHL. Then he's gonna have a training camp, NHL. Like he's been put through the ringer, and he he's come out of it better than anyone thought he would come out of it. Like, I mean, we he shattered every expectation. We've For said sure. it multiple times. So, University of Michigan, he had 24 games, 4 goals, 16 assists, 20 points. Then, obviously, he played the three game, I mean, the eight games in the AHL, 2 goals, 3 assists, 5 points. Yeah, he went to the World Juniors where he won gold as captain of Team USA. 7 games, 1 goal, 5 assists, 6 points. And then the 3 games with us, he didn't score any points, but he looked good. And another thing to add on to him getting those 3 games and kind of helping him build off that into the offseason, he didn't look bad in those 3 games. So it wasn't like, oh, you you looked bad, here's what you need to go work on, maybe you can make it next year. No, he looked like he belonged in the NHL every game, every 3 I mean, all the, all three of those games. I th- think the last game against, I think it was Washington at home, was my favorite game from him. The way he quarterbacked that power play, the way he ran it, opened up space with his eyes, with his feet, and his skating ability is just so fun to watch. But it, that's another thing I wanted to harp on. He, he didn't look bad in those games. He looked good. And the fact that he got, the, got that experience, go off to the offseason with it, work on it, come back next year. In a full training camp, full offseason. Oh, I'm excited, man. Shameless plug, but if you haven't already, go to the Liberty L YouTube channel and check out Stumps' video on those three games summarized of Cam York. Yes. It's not just it's not just the flashy things. It's everything. Yeah, it's I every, tried. It's like shift by shift, basically. <laughs> and seriously, when you go there and you watch that, and go check out the Frost video, too. Just if you need a quick little reminder of just a little, I'm not trying to say he's fucking Patrick Kane, but like if you want to go see that he's not Jason Atkinson, injury prone 2.0, like then go watch that video. To go back on uh, his original question, my my official lineup would be Giroux, Couturier, Atkinson, JVR, Hayes, Farabee. 
I would start Frost off in the wing with Lawton and Konechny, and then I'd have Limblom, Blazinski, and Allison as my fourth line. Now, that can always change. They can always add a 4C. So, if say they go out and add, like, a David Backus or, like, a, I don't know, Corey Perry or someone like that, then Getzlaff, then it'd be Limblom, Getzlaff, Allison as my fourth line. My third line would be Frost, Lawton, and then Konechny. Then you can always switch Lawton to 4C and then throw Getzlaff up there with Frost and Konechny if... Lawton doesn't look too well at 3C, and you want to bump him down a little bit. But, I mean, if you can do that, Giroud, Couturier, Atkinson, JVR, Hayes, Farabee, Frost, Getzlav, Konechny, Limblom, Lawton, Allison is a pretty good lineup with Lazinski as your extra forward. And then Provorov, Ellis, Sandheim, Ristolainen, and York, Braun with Morin and Zamula is your extra D. Maybe another uh, veteran defenseman. So, Morin and then a veteran defenseman with Zamula in the AHL, and then Hart, and then a backup. Like, that's a good lineup, dude. That's a good fucking lineup. Oh my I'm God. ready. Good training camp. Get out of the four and four straight home games, man. Like you, we really have a chance now. And that goes back to the first question. Like how long do you think it's going to take the team to gel? That's another factor in the plan, how this team is going to start out. Imagine if we have a good home opener and we win it in convincing fashion. The fans get going. I had, building building gets packed for the game against Seattle in game two. That's going to be a fun one. Might have to go to that one too, honestly. First game <laughs> ever against Seattle. That would be cool. I had to, uh, I had a dream that we we destroyed Seattle in that second game. Like, destroyed them. I mean, with how their lineup looks right now, I hope we destroy them. That would be bad if we lost to Dude, their 1C is like Yanni Gord. Right, he's good, <laughs> but he's yeah, not but a 1C. No yeah. yeah, imagine putting Sean Couturier in your face. Damn. Yeah, cool with that. Like I'm saying, dude, when Limbaum gets cross-checked again, Dude's just going to see Ryan Ellis and Rasmus first line and skating full-fledged at them. And it's going to be glorious to be screaming at my TV again like that because at no point last year was I doing that. At no point. And that's another thing Chuck was saying. Chuck was, did you see in, the, in one interview, he was like, nobody was smiling. It was miserable. Like, nobody even like looked like they wanted to be here. And I was like, damn, it must have got real bad in that building last year. I mean, the, the way they spiraled downward... And the way they were talking in the interviews, it really did seem that way. All that, because remember the year before, their chemistry was so great. They were always harping about how the locker room was so great. It was so weird to just see that that shift last year. It really did it suck was. to see. It was weird, but and that that's another reason why that core shakeup had to, ha- or the core purge, as they say, should have happened. Your um, your tweet today. About Myers having me in tears, dude. <laughs> yeah, that tweet's blowing up, dude. Yeah, People think that Myers throwing grenades for the last six months. But it's true. I mean, like, I, it, it's one of those things where it's like other GMs wanted this guy so bad, too. So there's a reason. Like, he's not terrible. People are, are constantly comparing this to the Andrew McDonald situation. And I get it. It's like you're getting the guy. He needs an extension. He's going to be get, having to pay more. Yeah. And he's analytically the quote-unquote word. But he's not Andrew McDonald. He's not. He's, really, he's not Andrew and McDonald. Th- Stop th- it. This is why three teams were willing to give up a first-round pick for him because you can throw these advanced stats, plus minus whatever, on a Buffalo Sabres team. But this is the truth. He's a six-four right-handed shot defenseman who's twenty-six years old and has four forty-point seasons in the NHL with the Sabres and all during all those shitty seasons. Right-handed defensemen are so hard to come by. You have to pay a premium to get them. So honestly, I'm not gonna just. That's why. That's why it happened. I mean, six four right handed yeah, yeah. skate like the wind hits everything that moves. Yeah, he might not have the best plus minus and advanced stats, but who does with that Buffalo team? We saw Taylor Hall have a plus minus. I think of minus eleven or minus eighteen. Go to Boston and look completely fine because he's surrounded by a better culture, a better system. 
let's see what it, where it goes before we start screaming on the timeline. I mean, exactly. So while it is an over, sorry to interrupt. So while it is an overpay, it's one that's just kind of like needed to be done because someone else would have overpaid for him as well. Exactly. It's like I want the guy, so I'm going to get him. Exactly. Which is what we've asked for. And we drop back, and we got a pretty good, pretty good prospect that should have went in the first round during a normal year. I probably would have went in the first round. This kid has a really nice shot. He's really at. Uh, agile on his skates he's kind of silky doesn't have the best straight line speed but i mean he finds the the guy honestly he kind of plays like Atkinson. he finds little holes in the in the defense he pops up when the puck is in the most opportune spot i mean he, he is really fun to watch his shots obviously his best asset has a little bit of skating issues but like you said 20 minutes ago seems like a chuck doesn't seem to care about skating issues when you're 9 18 19 years old he thinks you obviously are going to grow out of that with the development team that we have we saw all these dudes come out limblom i'm pretty sure strom had skating issues wade allison had skating issues so forrester yeah he seems to just like guys who are just who have talent who are a master of one craft if you will we haven't like, even talked about tyson forrester at all but like i i know he went down with that oh, injury that's another guy, he, it's man. what a pick Let's see how he does in the OHL next year. He'll be going back with with Zaid Wisdom. So, but man, he played well with the Phantoms last year as a teenager. So did Wisdom. It was really nice seeing that, seeing those picks play like that in their D plus one year. In the net hockey, just put in at uh, TOI meetup for sure, for sure. Yeah. Definitely got a meetup with you. He's been supporting us since day one. Day we one, love, Jamie too. To Oh yeah, Jamie, Tim Younghands, Bleed Orange and Black, Chris Mayer. If I'm missing your name, I'm sorry. You guys know who you are. Thank you so much for your support. We've been Tim. buzzing lately. Um, Sean Fitzpatrick with the final question: Is Atkinson's ability to score on breakaways and and shootouts an underrated aspect of this trade? I think there are a couple of underrated things about this trade. I think his PK work, his 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 blatant shooting. His blatant want to shoot. I mean, I think that's missing. We talked. I, Flyers fans talk about it all the time on the timeline about how it just this seems this team never shoots, and we're gonna get a guy who will shoot from any angle he possibly can. So that mixed in with how well he is on the PK, mixed in with his ability to score on the breakaway, which is very real. So yeah, I mean, having him, Giroux, Couturier in the shootout. It's going to be nice. Konechny, Frost, dudes who can dance a goalie. So, we'll see. To get back on the draft, following that pick, we um, with pick number 78, mm-hmm. we picked Alexei Kolosov, yeah. goaltender from the KHL, adding to the goalie factory. And it seems like when, when drafting goaltenders, obviously outside of Carter Hart, we really like guys in proven leagues like KHL, SHL. And um, you I like any, that. anything on this guy? I like the fact that, I'll tell you one thing, I like the fact that they're drafting guys from the KHL, like you said, with experience. Our girl, Stevie Porter over there, she had a really good article about all of the prospects that we drafted, and she actually had an interview with him, and he said he's, he feels really positive and emotions because he was a dream to become an NHL player. He said he's very glad to be in Philadelphia and that they chose him. So I don't have too much on him. I know he went 3-5-1. and one. He had a 2-6-9 goal against average, a 9-11 save percentage in the KHL last year. He was the number three goalie for his team. He played... Apparently he played the same amount of games. No, wait, no, that's not true. That's not true at all. Never mind. I crossed that out. But, yeah, number three goalie for his team over there in the KHL. He's a butterfly goalie. Projection pick, three years, four years, but it's definitely a good pick. I would read Stevie's article and we want to get a little bit more information. She did a great job with that. I don't know if you saw it yet. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and Team Belarus under-20 team, mm-hmm. he posted a 211 goals allowed and a 930 save percentage. So on a big national scale like that, that's pretty cool to see. I just like the fact that we're adding to the goalie depth, which is nice to see. Goalie factory. You can never have Keeps enough goalies. Chugging. They all develop very weird. They are the weirdest developing, development athlete in the world, in my opinion. I think goalies can go any which way. I, I, I've seen it happen. Um I like the fact that we keep adding to this prospect pool for sure. We got a lot of nice Ustamenko, Urson, Sandstrom. Now this kid, a lot of guys, a lot of goalie depth. I'm liking it. Do you want to go through the rest of the draft picks? Just touch on them for yeah, a second sure. or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, with pick number 110, Brian Zanetti. Yep, 6'2", 181 pounds. Actually, has he scored 29 points in 41, uh, 41 games last year So as a defenseman. It's really nice to see. He has served captain on some of his summer under-18 tournament teams, so that's nice to see. He's a two-way defenseman. It's a nice, nice defenseman. Let's add him to Emil Andre, see where see where these kids go. And I'm excited to, to, to track and follow more defensemen. Me too. He seems like the kind of guy that we're going to love watching at the development and rookie camps. You know what I mean? Definitely. He seems like the guy that's just going to continue to get better and better with his uh, physical gifts that he has. Needs to work on a um, shot, though, for sure. I heard about that. Oh, Lord. Pick number 158, Ty Murchison. Ty Murchison, 6'2", 192 pounds, committed to Arizona State this year. He's from the U.S. NTP program, NTTP. So it's another guy, Cam York, is also from that program. So fires like their U.S. National Development Team program, guys. And pick... Number 174, Ethan Sampson. I saw him on Twitter saying how happy he was to be a member of the Flyers. I'm so happy we drafted him. WHL. Right-handed shot defenseman. Something that we're severely lacking in the in the depth. So we have Ellis, uh, Ellis right now, Ristolainen, Braun, Wyatt Wiley, and then him as right-handed shots. I mean, obviously, we just traded Myers. So I like that pick. He had a goal, 11 assists, 12 points in 22 games. We'll see where it goes. I like it. These, these late round picks are all projection picks. You don't know too much about them. But just these guys are just you. You hope you find diamond in the roughs with these guys. Exactly. Could could be the next Elliot Desnoyers draft plus one year. And then, you never know. But it's good to see this because um, I remember just the other day when when I was over your house and you had the board up with uh, our whole the whole organizational depth chart, mm-hmm. and we were really pointing out the right defense. We were like, it's just lacking there. It's just lacking. So like you said, it is really good to just add names to that and just yes. get that pipeline filled up a little bit. Round seven, pick two hundred six, Chester County native. Yes, Owen McLaughlin, center, six six foot, one hundred ninety two pounds. That's awesome. Committed to Penn State University. So he's just a bro, dude. He's just a Delco <laughs> bro. Like, or Chester County, but whatever. You know what I mean? Outer Philadelphia bro. And um, that's awesome. That's a guy, like, no matter, you can root for him no matter what. Definitely. He's He's got two new fans right here. I'll tell you that much. So overall, uh, our feeling of this draft, like going in, it was a craft shoot to begin with. Craft shoot to begin with. It, it was one of those <laughs> things where it's like you're going to wait to see what happens after. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's the case with any draft anyway, but this more so than others um we traded away our first round pick so obviously that made it a little less exciting but nonetheless the week if i had to sum it up um exciting dude but uh the best week best off season that we've had in 10 years easily absolutely I, i'm not even a question 
I think I have a Flyers goal scorer. He's like, I haven't had this much spice. He's like, I can't handle this much spice. Been <laughs> asking true. for it for so dude, long. Dude, they were coming. It was coming from every direction, dude. Like you, you put your phone down, and then the next moment we're trading Ghost away, and then then check has gone. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Um. So I guess JVR is going to remain a Flyer and stay here. Yeah. Unless I mean, unless he's unless Chuck's got something else to sleeve and he dangles him or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't trust Chuck anymore. He could, he's, I know. Yeah, this, I know. This dude's from the Wild West, dude. He he's shooting everything. Seriously, I love how he just pulls up to his press conferences, just mugging in the camera. <laughs> just cheese, like yeah. Yeah, I started cracking up the other day because he started the press conference just sitting there mugging <laughs> at the camera. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that pick's gone. Talk that shit. That pick. Talk that shit. Talk that shit, bro. You know, uh, he came back from uh, what trade was it? I think it was the Ellison trade. No, uh, the first line trade. And like you said, he was just sitting there smiling like, yeah. And then after that trade, he's like, yeah, I think I'm done making trades. And then a day later, he trades Voracek. Like, oh, I know. And like when he said that, I was like, oh, so I guess Voracek and Tarasenko, all them things. I guess I'm just going to have to wait till Monday. So I kind of let my guard down for a second. I was like, what? But you, what know what conf- you know what confuses me? I'm sorry to cut you off. He said after he traded for Voracek that he was talking to the Blue Jackets GM for two, three days. And then two days before that, he was like, I'm done making trades. So either talks just started to get hot after he said that, or he was just saying that to scare the Columbus Blue Jackets GM. But I don't know what you're scaring him into. Good poker dude. player right there. But, like, man. what are you scaring him into? So it was a fucking one-for-one swap. But no salary retain. Yo, <laughs> yo, let's talk about the Seth Jones thing for a second, because that is ridiculous and there was the one guy who said uh you can't remember he came back at me when i was talking to him back when i wanted seth jones and he was like i don't want a guy who wants makes nine million and then he screenshotted it and got me back i'll give you that one bro i'll give you that one. Oh, that I was you not, yeah yeah i did not think he was gonna get 9.5 million i mean holy shit if i knew <laughs> he, if i knew he i'm glad chuck didn't get him ryan ellis for six million that's looking like a like a diamond right now. So they Seriously. had to give up their best defensive prospect, a first round pick, and then sign Seth Jones until 2029, 20, 2030 for 9.5. 9.5 is, is ridiculous to me in the flat cap era. How did he get that? How, uh, what did McCarr get? McCarr got nine. Yeah, and he was coming off an RFA thing, uh, right? Yeah, different, uh, obviously different situations. So, like, but... if if you no. if, if McCarr was a UFA, he probably would have got like twelve. Yeah, but still, that is crazy. It's Not... crazy to think an R an RFA get nine. Like that's see, that it just is... goes to show how good that fucking guy is, man. It is crazy, but at the same time, I say this: it's not as crazy as I think it is because he is like, like you said, he is a really good player. So. So I'm just taking a look at our cap space right now. We have twelve million, twelve point four six million dollars in cap space, and man, to just to just be in a position where we added a guy like Cam Atkinson, risk the line and Ellis, get rid of Ghost. I mean, Vortex still a good player, but it had to be done. And we're still in a position with wiggle room. We still have we're still in a position to get those depth players, that goalie that Chuck wants, and then sign our RFAs. And man, it's like I, I I'm excited about what Chuck has done. Me too. I'm really excited. I like the roadmap that he's done. We've been saying it for weeks. He has a plan in place. It's just good to, to see it unfold. And I'm ready, man. See, it's good to put yourself in a position going into free agency where you don't have to chase anything. Like Chuck doesn't have to chase shit going into free agency. Yeah. No, yeah, no leverage of the negotiation tables. Exactly. Like, hey, you need me. You need me. Uh, like, do exactly. I need you? 
you can add a nice 4C after the first initial wave goes and guys start panicking without contracts. Good players that can fill that 4C role cheap. And we'll see. I, we'll see with the the extra defenseman because if Cam York's ready, you really don't want anybody blocking that spot. But we'll see. It's always it, nice to have just a me? veteran guy there. What? Is it just me, or does it seem like he's putting a lot of stock in Sanheim lately with all these press conferences that he's had? The way he's been talking about him, it seems like they have uh, high stock for him within the organization. I could be reading that wrong, though. I think they just they think they know they have to surround him with a certain kind of player, and that's exactly what Ristolainen is. Because we did see Sanheim play well with Braun, but at this point in Braun's career, he's not. I mean, thirty-four years old. He's just not what he used to be. So. I think adding a 26-year-old at Rasmus Vistelainen who brings that same kind of defensive game who's going to allow Sandheim to jump up in the ice is really going to just blossom Sandheim's game. So I think that's why Chuck's kind of putting a lot of stock into that because I think he still thinks he's a really good player. Just needs that rock next to him. He just needs a certain kind of player next to him. He's still only 25 years old. so Yeah, absolutely. And when he's going, man, we, I mean, we talked about it before. When his confidence is going, he's playing the way he, we know he can play. He's a, he's a fucking horse. He really I'll give is. Sanheim one more season, and then if he starts looking the same he did as he did last year, then that's when I'll start banging on the table. Like, what's going on here? And why is this guy looking like he can't exit his own? I want to pour one out for Shane Gostaspare for sure because because he's like the first um, prospect that me and you really like connected with, and we were like, oh, we think this guy could be something. We really were like following him throughout his college career. He was the first like. He was the first guy, and then when he came up and started playing well, it really excited us because like we, we were waiting for that moment. And um, yeah, honestly, I wish him well. I hope he does great in Arizona. Honestly, I love that guy. He always said it how it was to the media. Uh, throughout all the trade rumors, he was still a professional. Um, I wish goes well, man. I hope he fucking thrives in Arizona. Me too. Honestly, me too. Like like you said, he always he always told it how it is when the team was doing bad. Always worked his ass off, even when he was going down on waivers and shit like that. So, for sure, definitely wish him all the luck. Definitely wish Vortrek all the luck as well. Patrick, Myers, all these guys. Haig, wish them all well. But Oh, yeah, especially Haig, man. I love Haig. Good dude. Yeah, Limblom's best friend, so I'm sure that sucks that he's leaving. But the team has to be, team has to be better, man. I'm excited just to get the season. Is it October yet? What is it? July what? <laughs> 20... July 25th, 5th? bro. That's ugly as hell. Oh, so ugly. I know. So, so ugly. And then, yeah, that August dead patch is terrible. It really is. The only thing that's going to get me through that August dead is the Eagles. The only thing. Training camp, preseason, and then after that, the Flyers are going to start rolling around. Dev, Not dev camp, but training camp, rookie camp, whatever they do. That'll start rolling around, so I'm excited. One guy I want to talk about for a quick second, just because I haven't seen too much conversation about him over the summer, and um, I, I I think he's very it's very interesting to see how he responds this year. Oscar Lindblom. Yeah, I can't um, wait to see him. To be honest, with uh, you. I'm like very stoked to see him play because if if he returns to how he began the the 1920 season, and then may, maybe even a little bit better, improve like just is that guy again, and then maybe even like I said improves upon that. I think he's going to be such a big piece to the team. It's just another. Another cog in the wheel. It's it's exciting. This this team's fun right now. Just getting a full off season for him, full training, full training camp, all of that is going to be good for him. I'm excited to see him at full strength 
back playing with us, man. I think he can be a nice little death piece. I mean, he was on pace before he was diagnosed. He had 11 goals in the middle of December. He was the leading goal scorer. Like, the dude puts the puck in the back of the net, and we've seen it. Just I'm yeah. excited to see him come back next year for sure. And he was just improving year after year after year. Like he, It looked like he was getting faster, getting to the right spots. It looked like his release was getting better. His redirections were getting better every single year. And he's just a freaking pain in the ass to play against. He really he drives <laughs> he play like the this team right now. If you look at some of the people we have, like it looks like we can drive play well, and sure. um, big guys. And now that we got Rista line in and um, Akison, there's a little bit more like and Ellis. There's more snarl in the locker room. And like I was saying to you through text, like Giroux already sets that like chippy cheat for every inch, slash your wrist when the ref's <laughs> not looking. Like, he already plays that kind of gritty way. That so Bobby just... Clark way, bro. That's how Bobby Clark used to play. You know, exactly. Like, I don't fucking know how Bobby Clark used to play. That's coming from my pop. My pop, I told you this on text. My dad was like, Bobby Clark used to do that dirty shit. I mean, admittedly, knowing that he had backup. He would definitely get a Oh, yeah, he was a little bitch, dude. I, I went back and watched bad, plenty Danny, of old bad, My games. dad said, bad. My dad's dude, a huge I, yeah. Bobby Clark fan. Yeah, my, my dad used to tell me the same things, and I would go back, and I actually would watch, like, full games on YouTube, especially of them uh, Flyers against the Russians. Oh, I know. If that game, he is a, such a little bitch. <laughs> he is such a little bitch, I love bitch, it, though, dude. baby. He's slashing. He broke one guy's ankle with a slash. Did he? Yeah, it was hilarious, dude. It's, oh, it, damn, dude. That's not bad. No, that's what I'm saying. He was bad. Like, he would, he would like, really. He's like Brad Marchand, but with the rules of the 70s. That's Dude, really the seventies was. was such a different time, man. Especially oh, I know. It was like back war. then, hockey, the way they used to two hand slash and like actually break each other's bones on the ice. It's just crazy to me that like how much different it is now. So barb it's like Viking sport, you know. <laughs> it's like barbaric. It, it really used to be, dude. Especially back then. I mean, even before that time. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. I'm excited to get things going, bro. Let's see where uh let's see what else Chuck does over the next Week he did say the team was going to be greatly improved. His words next by next Wednesday, and he was talking and about man, a couple of days. So man, he was he was right. Let's see. He was. I wonder why he said next Wednesday too. Because like, what's your what, what agency's what? Wednesday? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, you got me with that one. Um, <laughs> cool. Yeah, should we wrap this one up? Yeah, let's wrap it. All right. This this one was awesome. Uh, it, we will be back once anything notable happens. Once any talking points happens next Sunday. Follow us on the Liberty Yell at. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything. Give us a five-star review if you can. Follow me at TLY Danny, Chris at Chris Stumps. Yes, sir. And go floor.